we can speak. The law of faith says speak. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if I keep saying I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, it's going to manifest. So even if I feel the pain, even if I feel the inflammation, I don't magnify the inflammation. I don't magnify the pain. I actually act like it ain't even there. That's how I do. That's just me personally, because I know that if I keep thinking about it, eventually what I think is going to come out of my mouth is what I say. So the only thing that I do is I magnify my God above this inflammation. Now I do talk to it. Jesus told us to speak to the mountain, the inflammation that tries to pop up ever so often. I speak to it and guess what? It goes. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to walk in victory. You gotta know who you are. You gotta know what God says about you. And don't you let anybody tell you otherwise. You stand on the word of God. Word of God. The word of God. Okay, so we are gonna talk about God's will concerning healing tonight. Um, This is really important. This really is going to be the foundation of you walking in divine healing from here to the rest of your life. It's it's key and it's very important. Let's start with... uh, Third John chapter one, third John chapter one, verse two. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Now I know that we have heard the scripture before, but I want us to zone in on where it says, I wish above all things. So, That's like whatever else is going on. I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health. So that's key right there. Does God want me to be healed? Yes, because it says, I wish above all things. So sickness should not be the normal life of a believer. It's not what God wants for us. It's not what Christ died for us to have. And we have to change our mindset. Sometimes we have things that are coming against us that makes us wonder, is this God's will for me? Is this something that, you know, he has caused? And that is this terrible thinking. Please don't think that. Because it says right here, and it also says in other places in the scripture that he wishes above all things. So, That's important to him. That's a big deal. It doesn't say some things. It says all things. So sickness should not be our norm. And it takes time to grow into that thinking. It's kind of like a muscle. You know, we all have, um, I think about like, okay, perfect example. I've been riding my bike lately with my husband and my kids. Now, Jeff, you can attest to this. A year or two ago, they bought me a bike. I think they, I think you guys bought me a bike for my birthday. And I was like, Oh, thank you. And I was thinking, I'm just going to ride it up and down my street one time because I hadn't been on a bicycle in a long time. I had knee pain. There was a whole bunch of stuff. And so then we, we tried to go to a church parking lot one day and we tried to ride the bike. 
I ain't ride that bike. I was like, mm-mm, I tried it. I tried it. I said, nah, never mind. I'm just going to walk. I'll walk the parking lot a few times, let you guys ride. It wasn't happening, right? But now I, well, I would say actually when we were in Georgia, I um, took the bike out, went out with them, and I went around the parking lot without stopping one time. That was huge for me. It probably wasn't even a fourth of a mile. I don't even know, it was not very far, but I felt proud. And now just the other day, I actually rode with them three miles. So I'm growing and that's what happens with our faith, with our thinking. Once we make this a foundational truth that I know that God wishes above all things that I will that I should be in health, then now it's a goal that you reach for. I don't have a goal riding my bike, to be honest. Um, my dad just told me today that he used to ride 24 miles a day. I'm like, how can you do that? I just, it's to me, that's, I, and I don't have that goal. I don't even have a goal, but the fact that I can ride and the more that I'm riding, the more enjoyable it is. We went to a very beautiful park and I was able to enjoy it. Now, when I got on this incline though, and it was at the very end, I was, I don't know, I was about to get off that bike and walk it, but I pushed myself. And that's what we have to do when it comes to our thinking in the area of health. You know, so if you're believing God to heal uh, not sorry. Let me watch what I'm saying because you gotta watch what you say. That's old. That's old thinking. I'm already healed. So if I am waiting for the manifestation of my healing, and I've already said to this knee, knee in the name of Jesus, I command you to be healed. It might not happen right away. I'm not going to feel it right away, but I'm going to keep on working and speaking and believing and I'm going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and you're going to start seeing the manifestation of that and I might be skipping ahead but that is so important so we have potential to walk in supernatural health we have it because it's something that God wishes above all things prosperity and health he wishes that for us. Now, the prosperity part, this isn't a prosperity uh, teaching, but let me say the prosperity is not for us to just have, 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 have. It's for us to give. It's for us to be a blessing. So that's why he wishes that. And then for healing, why does he care and wish above all things for our healing? What good can we do as believers if we are spending our days fighting sickness and disease? We can't go tell nobody about Jesus. We can't go be the hands and feet of Jesus. We can't even walk down the street to tell them because we're dealing with sickness. It's not his will for us. Okay. All right. Let me scroll down. Um, <clears throat> all right. And so before I go into this next part, there are physical and spiritual things that we do have to do to reach that potential. Some of the physical things, like I talked about last week, choices that we make when we eat. You know, I made I'm not a doctor, but I did share my testimony of cutting out gluten and sugar and dairy. You know, those were things that helped me uh, at least 
feel better in my gut because a lot of things flow from our gut. But then there are also spiritual things that we have to do and we have to exercise ourselves. We have to exercise ourselves in the natural and we have to exercise ourselves in the spiritual. If we're believing for healing, of course, taking uh, you know, being on drugs, drinking alcohol, stuff like that. That's not helping our physical eating uh, greasy burgers every single day. I listen here. I love me a good burger, but I can't do it every single day. But making certain choices in the physical is going to affect our health. But then there's also spiritual things. You know, when you when you sin, you actually are making yourself privy to the enemy, the enemy can't touch you unless you open a doorway for him and sickness comes from him. So those are certain things, not reading your word and, and listening to somebody who is just negative all the time, no matter what happens, they just spew in negativity. Those are things that can affect your health. And you may think, well, that's her or that's him. But the reality is when you make yourself available to listen to that, it's going to start affecting you too. So those are things that we have to do. And also with the way that the world is, and, and, and the Bible talks about, Jesus talked about, I want to say in Matthew, how there's going to be uh, rumors of war, nation upon nation, pestilence. There's going to be things that are going to happen as we get closer to the end times. Disease is one of them. This COVID thing, I mean, something else may come. I believe, this is just my belief, that I can walk in divine healing. And so I, if I can do it, you can do it. And I actually know people who are walking in divine healing. So it's something that we need to learn and start exercising and start disciplining ourselves now because things are going to happen in the world. And we as believers, we got we got work to do. We can't be uh, we can't be boggled down with the, the natural stuff that's happening in this world. All right. So laws that govern healing. There are laws that govern healing. Let's turn to Romans 8 and 2. I have a heater on in here and I have a feeling I'm going to get hot really soon. Oh, I turned right to it. Okay, Romans 8 and 2. We're start, we're, we will start there. Um, let's see. Verse 2. For the law, and I didn't put that on there. I just put Romans. Oh, yes, I did. Okay, there we go. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, so I wanted to show you that there are laws. There's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And it was the thing that made us free from the law of sin and death. So what does that mean? That nothing, when you think of a law, and I actually, um, I, I was doing some reading a little bit about laws, but when you think, when you think of a law, like the law of electricity, it, it charges, light charges repel and opposite charges attract. There's a law. That law can't be broken. It is what it is. There's the law of gravity. If I drop this, there we go. If I drop this pin, it's going to fall. Okay. That's, that's a grab. There's, there's law of aerodynamics. There's like different laws in the natural. Well, it's the same in the spiritual and these laws cannot be broken. They are laws that came from God. Now, this is so good because it actually helps you combat doubt. It helps you combat fear because you're like, God put this in place. He is the one that made this law, the law of spirit of life 
in Christ Jesus. So if you find your, if you get yourself in Christ Jesus, how? By believing in him, making him your Lord and Savior. When you are in Christ Jesus, the law of sin and death, which was on you, is broken now by the law of spirit of life. So if you are not in Jesus, then you are in the law of sin and death. The only thing that can combat that is Christ. So that's what that that's what that is saying right there. And then let's go to Romans three. So I just wanted to show you there are laws that God has created. Romans three twenty seven. Now this one's very important as it pertains to our healing. So he says, where is boasting then? Is it excluded by what law of works? So there's a law of works and that law of works was uh, created before, you know, Old Testament. And he says, nay, but by the law of faith. So there's a law of faith. There's a law of faith. And I'm actually probably going to be teaching on that next week. Uh, the laws of faith, because they are when I started studying this, they are all over the gospel. Oh, my goodness. The laws of faith. And you see this person operating in it and that person operating in it and this person operating. It, and you start putting the pieces together. It's kind of like a puzzle. And you're like, oh, my goodness. But what I want you to see, let's go to Matthew nine. Verse twenty eight. I have a lot of script and I'm not, well, yeah, I got some scriptures today, but it's a Bible class, so we're supposed to read scriptures, right? All right, Matthew 9, 28. I didn't have enough bookmarkers, so I got to turn the pages and I can't use my phone. Okay, Matthew 9, 28. And when he came... And when he was, sorry, wait, 28. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said unto them, believe ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, yea, Lord, then touched he their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you according to your faith. So the law of faith is powerful. The law of faith is what allows what Christ has made available to you to come forth. It, pro it appropriates it. Okay. And God does not override his law. So what is a law of faith? Well, I'm only going to talk about one today and I want to show you it in the word. Proverbs 18 and 21 is probably one of the best scriptures that I can show you as it pertains to this. And you probably have heard this scripture. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That is key. What you say, it will determine what happens and healing is voice activated, but you must believe. So one of the laws of faith is you have to speak. You have to speak and it needs to be according to God's will. And so we already saw that God says that he wishes above all things that thou will prosper and be in good health. So we know this is the will of God that he wants me to be healed. So now 
one one of the steps of the laws of faith is me speaking. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I am healed. So even in our prayer time, those that's how we speak, because healing is voice activated. And I want us to look at um, now what can possibly stop that. Let's go to Mark six and verse five. And we talked about this last week, but I just wanted to kind of reiterate it. Mark six, verse five says, wait, verse 12. And he could, and he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folks and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went around about the village teaching. So we can speak. The law of faith says speak. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if I keep saying I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. And I don't believe I'm sick. So me saying that ain't going to do nothing. But it's going to manifest. So even if I feel the pain, even if I feel the inflammation, I don't magnify the inflammation. I don't magnify the pain. I actually act like it ain't even there. That's how I do. That's just me personally, because I know that if I keep thinking about it, eventually what I think is going to come out of my mouth is what I say. So the only thing that I do is I magnify my God above this inflammation. Now, I do talk to it because Jesus told us, and I think we talked about this last week, Jesus, Jesus told us to speak to the mountain. Well, my inflammation, not, oh, sorry, the inflammation, because it ain't mine, the inflammation that tries to pop up ever so often, I speak to it. And guess what? It goes. It goes because I don't magnify it. I don't speak about it. I'm not making it a big issue. I'm actually, I know that I am healed. So I'm going to walk like I'm healed. And if I don't, if I do start magnifying it, if I do start looking at it, what is that? That's unbelief. And Jesus could not do, he it says that he laid a hands on a few sick, but he marveled, but he couldn't do mighty works. He couldn't do mighty works. Why? Because of his unbelief, because of their unbelief. Unbelief is powerful, but not in a good way. It's not. And so we have to be mindful. And that's why I really loved our lesson from last week, because it, it was such a good foundation of learning how to fight unbelief by fasting and praying, fasting well, praying first in our heavenly language, knowing that the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf and the Holy Spirit can reveal to us if we ask where are these areas of unbelief and then fasting, starving our flesh, not just food, but it can be starving the way that we think. It, I mean, there's so many different things just to command our flesh to come into alignment with what's going on in our spirit. And we talked about, and I was really hoping my boy would be here because the illustration of the spirit is whole. The spirit is perfect. 
There is no holes in the spirit. The spirit has joy. This, I don't know where this fly came from. The spirit has joy. The spirit has love. The spirit has healing. The spirit has prosperity. The spirit has a sound mind. Everything we need is in our spirit already. And our spirits are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So nothing can get in it and something can come out of it, but nothing can get, can get in there. And what can come out? Everything that's in there. So healing can manifest in the natural. What happens when I start believing and I start renewing my mind with the word of God, the healing in me starts to manifest in my soul. And now my soul is becoming in alignment with my spirit. And now my body has to obey. Our bodies are the weakest part, the weakest part. It, our spirits, it, our spirits are strong and strengthened in the Lord. Our souls, depending on if you feed your soul, if you feed your flesh, not anything good. If you feed your flesh, then you're going to get more flesh. You're not going to be able to control what's going on in your soul. But if you feed your soul the word of God, then it will be in alignment with your spirit and you can start seeing those things manifest. So it's very important to know what's in you. And so we talked about that. So unbelief, when you are praying and you are in, and you are allowing the Holy Spirit to intercede on your behalf, I believe that the spirit man within you is, is getting your soul in alignment and you can ask the Holy Spirit, what doors do I need to close? Where, what thinking am I doing that needs to be transformed? What relationship do I need to get out of that's causing me unbelief? Sometimes we don't know that in our natural self because the flesh can't convey the things of the spirit. All right, let's go to Matthew eleven twelve. Matthew 11, verse 12. And <clears throat> it says, and for the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. So we have to be violent about receiving our healing because healing is the kingdom of God. It is what Jesus died for us to have. It is living that kingdom life. And so we have to be violent about it. We have to demand our bodies, command our bodies and, and call forth the healing that's within us. And we have to be violent about that. But you can't really be violent about something that you haven't fully believed. And so that's why today I want to emphasize over and over and over again that God above all things, God wants us to be in good health. So that should be a great foundation for you to stand on and start commanding your, your body, commanding your soul to get in alignment and commanding this healing to come forth because it is yours. It is yours. All right, let's go back to First uh, John 5. And I'm, I'm not even looking at my notes. Let me see if there's something in here that I didn't say that I need to say. Um, so I said healing is voice act activated. Um, yes, Jesus healed everyone who received. I, I put that on the screen. I don't think I mentioned that. <clears throat> um, okay, I actually did say everything I need to say. All right, let's keep going. So First John 5, verse 14. 
And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, why is this key? This is key. This is so important because that first of all, I love where it says, and this is the confidence. So we just talked about how the kingdom suffered violence, the violent take it by force. You have to be confident to take something by force. But it says, if we ask anything, what, according to his will, I started off the Bible study showing you just one of some of the many scriptures where God wants us to be healed and well and live in healing and to be prosperous. Prosperity is not just finances. There's so much more to that. So he wants that. So we can have this confidence now that if I ask anything according to his will and God's word is his will. If you ever want to know what the will of God is, God's word is his will. And this is key just in culture, period, because so many people say so much stuff. And you may be wondering, is that is that the will of God or God? What is even asking yourself personally, God, what is your will for my life? Everything his will is in his word. His word is his will. And so I can be confident that if I ask anything according to his will, then I know it will be done. But we also have to um, be careful, though, about asking for healing as if we don't already have it. Think about that, because if I'm like, God, and I feel like I might be skipping. I actually put this in my notes somewhere. Oh, it's the next thing I actually have. So if I say, God, if it be your will, if it be your will, God, I ask you to heal me. That is not the correct way to pray because I already know that it is his will to, to heal me. So I'm not asking uh, if it be your will. That's actually a prayer of unbelief. A prayer of faith says, God, I thank you that I am healed. I'm asking you to give me wisdom on how to walk in this healing, how to receive this healing. Prepare my heart, Lord, asking that because his will is for us to be healed. So even being mindful, even like when I was talking earlier, I had to catch myself. There is so many because we saw, right? One of the laws of faith is voice act is, is what you speak death and life being in the power of the tongue. So I even have to be very mindful about what I say and even how I pray. I'm not praying from a place to try to receive victory. I already have it. I already have my healing. I don't pray from a place to try to receive, I mean, to try to, to try to be healed. I am healed and I am praying for wisdom on how to Walk in this healing. What am I doing that is stopping this healing from manifesting for me? I hope that makes sense. So just being mindful of that. Mark 11, I love, this is probably the main scripture for tonight. And it's the main scripture of my life right now. I love this. Mark 11, verse 24. Circle it, square it up, put some notes around it, something and actually, I put asterisks around it because it is so, so important. And if you just hold on to this for the rest of your life, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, 
believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Oh my goodness. So what is that saying? That's saying that when you pray, you have to believe when you pray that you have already received it. And prayer, we're going to talk about this too, because this actually going to need a whole Bible study. But the way that we pray really, uh, you know, the Bible says sometimes you can pray amiss. The way that we pray actually needs to change once we understand what Christ has done. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're still praying from a place of trying to get instead of praying from a place that I already have. So praying, God, I thank you that I am healed. I thank you that I walk in divine healing. I thank you that this inflammation is gone. I thank you. And when I am praying that, I have to believe, right? Believe that you have received right then and there. So you don't wait until it happens for you to believe. You believe it right when you pray. Oh, that is some serious faith. That takes some work. <laughs> that's like, that's that exercise, right? That's that trying to go up an incline and you ain't rode a bike in two years. That's, that's hard. But if you make that a principle for your life, I'm going to believe that I have already received right when I pray. So even though it may not look like something is changing and this can be applied to any area of your life. Oh my God, I need to emphasize that any area of your life. But when I pray in that moment, I have to believe that I already have it. And if I don't see it, I still have to believe that I already have it. I still have to believe that I have already received it. And that belief comes from where? The fact that I know that my spirit already has everything I need. So I've already received it. Now, what happens when you when you believe you're like it's it's like that receipt or I talked about last week, like that the my, well, I was talking about my water bottle and how the straw is like faith. And this is my the water is healing. And so what happens when I believe I'm starting to bring the water through the straw? And what happens when I don't believe ice cubes get stuck in the straw? And it's not that I don't have the healing. The healing is there, but I can't receive it because of unbelief. But what happens when I do believe when I start to believe that and I know that I've received it, then that 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 healing starts to flow through my spirit into my body. Now, does it happen immediately? No. Why? Because it's according to your faith. We saw that and our faith. Uh, is that is not that we don't have it, but sometimes we have so much unbelief that we have to get rid of that unbelief so that our faith can flow. So we did talk about that. Um, so it happens in your spirit first. It happens in your spirit first. Healing happens in your spirit first. I want us to look at Second uh, Corinthians five. Speaking of water, let me get me a sip. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And it's right there on the screen if you can see it. Oh, wait, that's not right. 
Oh, yes, it is. I'm in the wrong. Oh, Lord, I'm in first Corinthians. Hold on. Because I know I looked at all these scriptures. Here we go. I have this Bible where it doesn't really show if it's first or second as big as it shows that it's Corinthians. Okay. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I wanted to pull this scripture as we talk about how healing happens in our spirit first, where it says, if any man be in Christ, so we, he is a new creature, all things are passed away. Those all things are not pertaining to the stuff in the natural. It's spiritual and all things become new. That is also spiritual. I heard somebody say like, once you get saved, it's not like you go from being, you know, 200 pounds to 90 pounds. No, that's not how it happens. Nothing really happens in the natural, in the flesh. Once you get saved, it happens in your spirit. So your spirit, all things have become new in your spirit. So healing happens in your spirit first. And once you receive Christ, you didn't just, um, you didn't just get your sins forgiven, but it's sozo, which means so much actually, but healing is a part of that. And so it happens in your spirit first. So when you know that, it actually gives you some more confidence to, to be violent about receiving the healing that you already have. And I don't know about you, if I know that, you know, there's something valuable in a case I'm and, and, and I know that it can help me. I'm not going to just leave it in there. I'm going to want to get to it. And I, it might. And I don't know, it could be whatever's valuable. Money's not the only valuable thing, but anything valuable that you know that you need. And it's in this case, you're going to probably go get a bat, a hammer. You're going to do something. You're going to try to get this thing open. Why? Because it's like, this is mine and I want it. And so that's how we got to feel about this healing that's in us. Like this healing is mine and I want it and I want it now. But obviously it's according to our faith. So what do I have to do? I have to work on getting unbelief out and I have to study the word of God to build my faith. All right. Um, let's see. So what happens after you finally start to embrace and understand that healing is already in you and that you have it, that is in your spirit. It starts to change the way you think about healing. It starts to change your emotions and it changes your actions. So um, what do I mean by that? If I, if I like the bike riding again, you know, I thought that bike riding was of the devil. I did not want it because it hurt me so much and I was just not into it. I'm like, mm -mm, nope. I used to tell Jeff, you and Josiah go, y'all have fun. I ain't interested. But once I realized, wait a minute, my body can actually do this. Once I really, my mind started to change about it. I'm like, Okay, I can do this. I'm, you know what? I'm going to push myself. I'm not going to sit here and, and be af afraid to get on a bike or whatever. Just whatever the thoughts were, my thinking started to change. And then my emotions about it started to change. I no longer thought it didn't bring a, a feeling of fear or a feeling of, of defeat because that's really what came with it before. Uh, it didn't bring any of that. It actually brought this, this emotion of 
I'm going to do this. The conqueror, you know what I mean? Me walking victoriously. It brought different emotions. And then what happened? It brought a different action. I actually did it. And that can be applied to many different areas. But once you realize that you already have something, it's, it's even like if you know that you have a certain amount of money, a uh, million dollars or so, you're not going to be thinking that, a $10 pack of chicken is super expensive when you have a million dollars, unless you just really are just, you know, unless you have a uh, different type of mindset, but you're not going to think like that. Right. And your emotions are not going to be, you're not going to be afraid to go buy a $10 pack of chicken because why you already know that you have what you need to buy it where before maybe you were like oh lord jesus i hope i got ten dollars in my account i might have like ten dollars and ninety cents i pray this goes through i pray you know i don't know about y'all but there have been times in my life where i'm at the cash out and i'm like i hope i got money in there let me hurry up and look on my phone so there's different emotions and then what happens you walk more confidently because you know you already have it all right ephesians 1 and 19 Ephesians 1 verse 19 says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So we have to believe that we have this power. It says the greatness of his power to us word. So within us, to us, we have it. So we have to believe that we have healing by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to believe that we have it before we see it. Healing comes from within. It comes from this power. It comes from Christ. It's already there. There's nothing you have to do to earn it because you received it by grace. There's nothing that you can do that can make you lose it. That right there is freeing. I mean, it is freeing because sometimes, you, you know, if you still haven't fully uh, embraced God's love and there's still some theology going on, you can actually think that, oh, well, if I, if I don't do this and that pain gonna come back or if I, I mean, now in the natural, maybe, but at the same time, this is more powerful than the natural. And it really starts with the way that you think. So understanding that nothing, even some things that you do in the natural, they may pro, they may, uh, prolong the healing from manifesting, but the reality is nothing can steal your healing because it's in your spirit. It's sealed. You have it. And I think that's really key because I'm a true believer in walking in confidence. If you don't have confidence in what Christ has done, then you're going to have fear and fear is not going to, fear leads to death. It just does. Okay. All right, so this is a key that I have. You have to believe that you receive when you pray, and I totally messed that up, not when you see it. So not when you see the healing, you have to believe. And I just wanted to re, uh, re-emphasize that. All right, let's go to Mark 11. This is so good. I love this. I love this story. Mark 11, verse 12. This was actually a huge turning point for me when I read this um, because I, I'm a creative and I like visuals. And when I read the story about the fig tree, it gave me a visual and it really changed everything for me as I started to walk in healing 
and not being afraid to speak. Uh, and, and my husband knows I, I my, my kids, they come up to me, mommy, this is hurting. I'm like, speak to it. I'm already teaching them now how to speak to it so that they don't have fear of sickness. I'm just not going to allow that. And so this was really what helped me grab a hold. Um, all right. So verse 11, I mean, Mark 11, verse 12. Is that one? And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, and I'm going to 14, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. Because I think with the fig tree, and make sure I say this right, the leaves come after the figs. So he was thinking that there should be figs because there were leaves, right? And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. So then, and Jesus now, and I might be wrong because I'm reading that. I'm like, well, maybe the figs do come after the leaves. But I, I thought I had read somewhere that the figs come before the leaves. But either way, there was no figs on there. And Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee thereafter forever. Okay. And then, and his disciples heard it. Now let's go down to verse 20. So what happened just to reiterate, he saw a tree, um, and I don't know, I'm thinking, okay, well, if the, if the figs are supposed to come after the leaves, and I'm not trying to make this a big point, but it just kind of came to me and I'm just talking out loud because we're in Bible class. But if the figs were supposed to be, if the figs come after the leaves and I'm like, well, then why would Jesus be so upset that the figs weren't on there? I mean, like he cursed the tree, like maybe, I don't know. But anyway, verse 20. And in the morning as they passed by. So in the morning. So this is 24 hours later. Okay. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curses is, with, is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. That's interesting that he's relating the fig tree situation to faith. And verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain or to this arthritis or to the tendonitis or to the gout or to the kidney disease or to the inflammation or to whatever else you want to put in there. Whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and thou be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and you shall have them. Okay. Ah, this is so good. What can we learn from the fig tree? So we already talked about how healing is voice activated. And why do you think Jesus referred to faith as he was as he was talking about the fig tree? And then he talked about the mountain. He's giving us an example of this fig tree. It was not doing what it should have been doing. It should have had figs. Okay. Um, our bodies are not doing what it should be doing. In Christ, we should not have pain. All right, I'm trying to parallel this. This is where I wish I had my whiteboard. 24 hours later, so he spoke to it. 
It took 24 hours later and they came back and they saw that the fig tree had withered away. Lesson number one from that is if Jesus himself spoke to something and it took 24 hours, can we please have some patience and grace with ourselves to understand that it's going to take time? Okay, that that was the first thing. At least that was what I took from that when I read that. Like, okay, and what's another thing we could take from this? Why didn't it happen right away? Because it, um, it, he spoke to the root. It had to happen in the root first, underground. Because you know, if, if I don't know if you garden or if you know anything about plants, but in order to take down and to kill something, you have to get to the root. We talked about weeds last week. You have to pull the root of a weed. You have to pull a root of a plant if you want to uh, get rid of it. Why? Because if the root is not dead, then it's going to keep coming back. So what happens when we speak to our mountain? The disease, the illness, the whatever else it is, the poverty, the depression, the all these things. What happens when we speak to it? It's being dealt with at the root. It's being dealt with at the root. And that is so helpful in learning to stand in your faith. I'm, I spoke to it. I know that I already have healing. That thing that I'm speaking to has to die at the root. And we don't know how big the roots are. And this is a part of us just being, you know, being sheep and being vessels. We just, we don't know. But what we do know is that Christ has already done it. What we do know is that my word, life and death is in the power of my tongue. So when I speak to it, it's already dead. That's how you got to look at that. Right. And so he's saying, Jesus is saying, have faith in God. When you speak to the mountain, know that it's already done. Know that it's happening at the root. And sometimes, and, and I'm not going to super spiritualize this, but this is the truth. Sometimes our bodies are like, wait a minute. You know, if our bodies are adjusting. Sometimes you got to allow your body to recover and restore. Once you walk in healing, if you have been sick for so long and you have depended on certain things for so long, you, you start walking in divine healing. You start walking in faith and the Holy Spirit tells you, stop taking this. Keep taking that. Go on a walk every day. Spend time meditating on my Well, you start doing all these things. Your body is going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's my popcorn? Where's my butter? Wait a minute. Where, where's, where's the caffeine or the Pepsi or the whatever? And it's going to take some time. And I remember when God told me um, with my healing, there was, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago. Um, Cause I, I, I prayed and I heard God tell me no, no medicine. So I stopped all medicine and he told me no caffeine. So I stopped all caffeine. I don't take anything. And it was scary. And there was one day that I was really starting to be filled with unbelief. And I remember crying and I'm praying and I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta pray. Cause it was, it was, I was having a lot of, I was having some inflammation and I wasn't understanding what was going on. I was having some head pressure. And so I spoke to it 
And then I also prayed. And in my prayer time, and this was such a pivotal moment for me because the Holy Spirit said, you know, oh, well, let me let me back up a little bit. I kept thinking to myself, I didn't have this problem before, like the head pressure and inflammation in my in my neck. I'm like, and it's not my inflammation. My gosh, I have to stop saying that um, the inflammation in my neck. I I never had that problem before. So on that particular day, I was just like thinking constantly. It was it was really uh, it was the enemy, really. Um, but I was because I have fear at that time. So I'm like, something is something else wrong? Like, why? Why is this happening, God? What is going on? And, da, 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 da. and I thought, like, because this has never happened, I haven't felt this before, something must be wrong. So I prayed. I spoke. I prayed. The Holy Spirit said to me, Tia, your body has never been in this place before. You had head pressure, but you always took a Tylenol. Or you always had a, a matcha or coffee. There were things that I always used to do. So I, in that moment, it was like, oh, wow. I'm actually more in touch with my body and my body is learning. It's coming in agreement. Is well, submission. It's coming under submission to my healing. And in those moments, that's not when we have to like freak out. If anything, we ask for wisdom and Holy Spirit, what is happening? And so this was a when I read about this fig tree, it was like, okay, I get it. So I spoke to it and I'm and I'm moving on what God told me to do because that's important, being obedient to what he said. And I'm actually seeing it, but it looks a little different. But the fact that Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it took 24 hours, it's going to take time. That's the point that I'm trying to make. And it is so key that he says that whatsoever shall say, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. You can circle this. This is a big prayer point. We're going to talk about this when we get to our prayer week. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. So I talked about that last week, that when you pray and you speak to it, don't look for it to go. Just know that it's gone, right? And shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. That is so key. So healing happens from the inside. We already have it. Faith. Faith is like seeing with your heart what you can't see in the physical. So knowing that in my heart, in my spirit, I can see my healing. It's like um, I shared this too. The Holy Spirit gave me this visual of like his hand, his mighty hand. And like what's in my spirit as I continue to believe, as I continue to see myself healed, because I have said over and over again, and I will continue to say, I am healed. I do not doubt I am healed, period. And so it's like when we walk in that confidence, his mighty hand pulls that powerful, mighty hand pulls the healing from our spirit into our soul, into our body. And I actually had that visual. I was like in my prayer time and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I so wish that I can draw because I would draw that like hands down, like make it 3D, everything. Cause it was such a clear picture. So that's what happens is seeing with your heart, see yourself healed, see yourself healed, see yourself walking around. There's power when you see yourself, you're imagining. And the thing that you see 
you will, the thing that you see in the spirit, you will see it manifest in the physical. Now it takes work. Okay. Another point is God is spirit. So we have to believe in the spirit first because God operates in the spirit. It talks about that in John. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit. He operates in the spirit. So we have to believe in the spirit first. I have to believe in the spirit before I see. We walk by faith and not by sight. So I have to see that. All right. Okay. Let's go to, so I talked a little bit about this, being confident in your healing. So how do, how, you may be wondering, okay, I hear you, Tia, but how do I get this confidence? I believe when we look at, actually, let's turn to Acts 10 first before I answer that question. Acts 10, verse 38. <clears throat> okay. Acts 10, verse 38 says, uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing, circle this word, all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. All right. One more, one more. Uh, uh, let's go to Matthew eleven twenty-seven. 27. One more scripture before I make this point. And hold, that's so good. Hold that spot right there. Uh, Acts 10, verse 38. Just put a little marker or something there. Because we're going to go back to that in a minute. Matthew 11. I actually shared this scripture at the gathering on Sunday, which was so good, by the way. Um, Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knoweth the son, but the father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So what is that saying? You know the Father through the Son. You know the Father. You know the heart of the Father. You know what God looks like. Jesus was God made flesh. That's how you walk confidently. So going back to Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. This is how you walk confidently. God was healing all through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus healed all. Not so, not, and what I mean by that is all who received him. We already saw <coughs> that he could only, he couldn't, there was one town he couldn't do stuff because of their unbelief. But Jesus went around healing. So that's how we can be confident in our healing, because we know that to know God is to know the son. Let's uh, get some. I'm going to prove it a little bit more. Let's go to John 5, 19. I actually had my hand there. I don't know why, but OK, that's pretty awesome. All right. John 5 and now I'm going to turn the page. Hold on. Let me get back. John 5 and 19 says, and um, then answered Jesus and said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son, look at this, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do for what things soever he doeth, 
These also doeth the son likewise. Now let's go to John 5. We're already there. Verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. So Jesus could not do anything of himself. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the father, which he sent him. So Jesus could not do nothing of himself. He only did the will of the father. And then if we go back to, I just had my hand there. If we just, if we go back to Acts 10 verse 38, what did it say? It said, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So Jesus was doing the will of God. If that does not make it plain, I don't know what else can. I mean, that's huge. It is God's will for all of us to be healed. It's his will. It's his heart. I mean, what, father, what good father would he be? I mean, it says, what about doing good? God is a good father. What good father would want his children not to be well? So this mindset that, you know, sickness is of God and it's appointed to me and all this other stuff, it just is not lining up. Look, I, I didn't write the word. This is God. God breathed. It says it. And Jesus went around healing all. And we, as we study more about healing, it's so incredible. There was one, uh, I don't know what chapter or I was, it might've been, I don't know. I'm not even going to call it, but there was so many times in the gospel. I was on this tangent of just like squaring up every time I saw the word healing, like every time I saw the word healed, every time I saw the word healing, the word believe. And it was like over and over and over and over again, how Jesus healed and healed and healed and healed. We think Jesus just came so that we could be forgiven of sins. It's more than that. It's more, and to be honest with you, it's probably, it probably, no, I'm not gonna say probably. I believe it takes more faith to believe that you are forgiven from your sins than it is to be healed. I really believe that, because, but we, we can't see it. We can't see our sins forgiven, but we believe it. So what does that say? We have the ability to believe in healing, but what's stopping it is because there's some natural stuff going on. There's things going on in the natural that causes unbelief. But we don't have that problem when it comes to believing that my sins are forgiven. I'm extremely confident that I'm going to heaven. I'm extremely confident that my sins are forgiven. That's the same confidence that we need to have about our healing. The same confidence because it's the same Jesus. It's the same power. It's the same blood. And that's something that we have to remind ourselves of because we have so much in the natural that's combating that. All right, let's go to Hebrews 1. One more thing to emphasize the will of God through Jesus. <clears throat> I hope this is good, y'all, because it's good to me. I mean, if you're bored, I'm sorry, but I'm loving this. This is good. All right, Hebrews uh, 1, 1 through 3. God who at sun-dry times and in divers' manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, so he spoke to us by his son, 
whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, so he's talking about Jesus, being the brightness of his glory, and this is what I want you to underline, and I'm going to get my pen because it's not underlined in my Bible, and the express image of his person. Jesus is the expressed image of God. You want to know God, you look at Jesus. You want to know the heart of God, you look at the life of Jesus. That's where, I mean, seriously, if you want to know him, then get to know Jesus. And that's why I don't understand why Jesus is kind of being put out of things because it's like, how do you ever really know God, how do you really get to have this intimate relationship with the creator with by skipping over Jesus when he Jesus is what the brightness of his glory and the express image of God. And so we can look at Jesus and see the heart of Jesus, how Jesus had compassion. Jesus had love. Jesus stood up for what was right, but he did it in love. Jesus healed. Jesus rebuked demons. Jesus spoke to the children. Jesus uh, didn't, he didn't turn his back on the woman that was caught in adultery. All the, when you look at the life of Jesus, oh my God, then you see the heart of the father. And that, there's no other way around that. And so when we think in the area of healing, then we should be confident. Because Jesus healed. All right, let's go to John 14. Oh, so good. I just, I, oh, I love the word. I love, I just love it, love it, love it. John 14, verse 7. If ye had known me, ye shall have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. He says it right there. So this concept that, you know, God causes healing and stuff like that. Uh, no, he doesn't. And I made this a key where it says God can use the sickness, but he does not cause the sickness. He can use it. And I believe he does use it. But he does not cause it. And that. Why am I why am I emphasizing this so much? Because once you combat that thought, you literally have pulled the carpet up under the devil. He can't use that against you no more. Because if we thought that God was causing it, then what happens? We we submit to it. We submit to it because we have this heart. We want to submit to God. So if we think that God has caused this sickness to bring an anointing. Okay, I didn't plan on going here, but I got to say it. In the Old Testament, yes, there were outer things that had to happen for the anointing, but we are in Christ. We are already anointed. Anointing is a part of what's already in our spirit. And sickness don't bring that out. It doesn't. Now, God can use it as whatever he wants to use it to get us back, you know, what, I, I don't know how he uses it. I'm, I can't say I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm, that's dangerous territory. I'm not even going to go there. I don't know how he uses it, but I do know that he turns everything for our good. And so Jesus did not go around making anyone sick. And we literally just saw over and over and over again that Jesus is the express image of God. 
that Jesus only did what God wanted him to do, that Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. We saw it. So what does that mean? I don't have to submit to my sickness. I don't have to. And I ain't. I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not. I believe God can, I would rather him use other things, but no, thank you. I don't want to put myself in submission to sickness just to be trying to learn some lesson. I think that God can teach me in other ways, <laughs> but there are a lot of times that I do stupid stuff and he does teach me and he does it in a loving way. It's just like, um, I don't know if your child decides to ride. You know, I've been on bikes today. Let's get on something else. If your child uh, is at the kitchen and, and you know, decides to grab like my daughter actually she was talking and she like grabbed for something and it, it hurt her hand or maybe I did that but anyway <laughs> um but when you grab something out of the oven it hurts right I didn't cause that in her I didn't cause that pain to happen I'm just gonna use her because I think it was me but I'm gonna use my daughter I didn't cause that to happen. It was something that she did. She wasn't thinking it wasn't intentional, but it happened. But what happens? What do I do? I come in as a parent and I use it to teach her. I use it. I didn't cause it, but I'm going to use it to teach her and help her to see where she went wrong, what she should have done, you know, because why? I love her. That's what God does. That's what he does. And that's a beautiful thing. And so that allows you to walk confidently now, because if you think that God is causing it, you're going to be passive. You're going to be like, oh, it's, it's just a little pain. Oh, I can handle it. No, do not handle it. You don't need to handle it. That is not because that can turn. No, 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 no. Don't become passive with healing. Don't play with it because it is not. Sickness is not from God. And I think we're actually about to go there right now. Let's look at James. One and 17. James one and 17. Look at this. I know y'all heard this before, but let's emphasize it tonight. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift. Sickness is not good. It's terrible. I hate it. So it's not good. And every perfect gift comes from God. So then let's go to John 10 and 10. And I know you've heard this one. <clears throat> the thief. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and kill and to destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. There it is. So God is good. The devil is bad. So I'm not going to submit myself and I'm not going to tolerate anything that comes from him because a that ain't smart b jesus paid such a price and i am not going to walk in victory based off of me 
I'm going to walk in victory because of what he's done for me. But and so I want us to see that Jesus cannot operate independent of God. God is good. The devil is bad. And that's it. And we already talked about how unbelief is really the only thing, the only thing that can hinder you from receiving your healing. And it's not even the unbelief. The unbelief doesn't steal your healing. It doesn't take it out because your healing is sealed. It just stops it. Like I said, it's the ice cubes in the straw. It's blocking what's already available. All right. So uh, as we start to wind down here, why isn't everyone healed? I know this is a question that I have had and I want us to look at it because I'm trying to give as much uh, information as I can with this in case as you do your study, you're questioning, you're wondering, certain things might pop up like this question, why isn't everyone healed? <clears throat> All right. So 2 Peter 3 and 9. Uh, I want to show you this. 2 Peter 3 and 9 says, here we go. Uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackless, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing. Look, this is what I want you to underline, and I need to underline it too. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That word repentance, I looked it up today in the dictionary, pretty much means saved. So it, and what am I emphasizing here? I'm emphasizing that God's, it says, that uh, God is not willing that any should perish. He does not want anyone to perish. He does not want anyone to go to hell. He doesn't. But we do know, we all know that people are still going to hell. So what does that mean? That there must be some gap between what God wants and what's actually happening. And I know that we've heard this. Um, but he's not going to go against free will. He just doesn't do that. So let's go. I already put John 10 and 10. I must have left that in there. Sorry. Um, so the hard truth is God's will comes by believing. It's not automatic. And that is extremely important because if you sit here, and you read that God wants, he wants everyone to be saved and everyone is not saved, then the missing piece is us believing. We have to believe God's will comes by believing. What does the Bible say? That it's faith that pleases God. So God's will is available for us, but if you don't believe it, then it's not going to happen. Let's look at Ephesians 2 and 8. Ephesians 2 and 8. I love this verse. Love, love, love. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So we are saved by grace, but it must come through faith. It comes through believing. And this is so interesting because Titus 2 and 11, um, I think I have my notes. You don't have to turn there, but Titus 2 and 11, uh, actually, you know what? Let's turn there. Let's turn there because this is really good. Titus is after uh, Timothy. 
And it's like a very small book, but there is something so powerful in here I want us to see. Titus 2 and 11. Look at this. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. All men. So grace alone, if it was just grace alone, grace alone could save because everyone has grace. Because grace is available to everyone. So if grace alone could save, everyone would be saved. But everyone's not saved. Why? Because we just read it in Ephesians 2 and 8. Grace, by grace, you ye are saved through faith. So when you hear people think, and this, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be completely transparent. This kind of, this rocked me. Because I was one of, and Jeff knows, I was one of those people that I'm like, well, if it be God's will, if it be God's will. And... God's like, it is my will, Tia, that you are healed, but it ain't going to happen automatically. You got to believe. You have to have faith. If it be God's will that this happened, if it be God's will, it's like, and sometimes there's a lot of things that are God's will that we do not receive because we're being passive. We're just like, oh, if it's God's will, but we are seeing a, tr this is a foundational truth right here. I call it a hard truth. It's not going to automatically happen. It's faith that pleases God. And so what do you do with that? As it pertains to your healing, we spent a whole hour now. I think I did a pretty good job at showing you that God wants you to walk in healing that Jesus was expressive in your God. Jesus healed all. I think we, we should all, if, if you still are struggling with that, I will pray for you personally. And I mean, genuinely, because I really need you to understand that God wants you healed. So we got that dealt with. It is God's will. So we can't walk around saying, well, if it be God's will, then this pain will leave. If it be God's will, then this. we already know it's his will. We know that that's a done deal. We know that. But how do we get it to manifest? How do you see God's will come in your life? It is by faith. It is by faith. It's by the law of faith. And start with what we learned today, speaking life. Start there. And getting this word in you, reading the word. Because Titus 2 and 11, it's like, so grace is available to all. It don't say, it don't say just believers. It says grace is available to all men, all men. This is, that's the gospel, right? That Jesus came for all. But how come all isn't receiving Jesus? How come all doesn't believe in Jesus? It's because all don't have faith. And it's grace. It's you are saved by grace. And that word saved. Oh, I forgot this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That word saved. Y'all, it means sozo. It does mean sozo. I actually did this study about three weeks ago. And in sozo, what? Healing, deliverance, joy, peace, and on and on and on and on. So ye are saved, healed. That's what that word means. You are healed 
ye are saved by grace. So we are healed by grace. We already have it, but it's through faith, not through just saying, oh, well, if God's will wants to be done, then okay. That's called passivity. You cannot be passive about your healing because we literally just saw that sickness is not of God. So let's not be passive about our healing. We have to get real bold and tenacious and relentless about this. And we have to have faith. We can't be passive. And that was another big thing for me. It's like, I can't be passive anymore. I can't accept. I mean, sometimes I have to catch myself. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, something, if, if, if there's like a little pain or somewhere, it, it's kind of like a light bulb goes off. Like, uh, excuse you, you need to speak to that. Like, oh shoot, hold on, I need to speak to this. No, I'm not okay with that being there. Like my ankle, when I fell and Miss Gail was there, when I fell on that ankle, we prayed immediately and I was refusing to allow that ankle to keep me out. I was refusing. And so I walked on it, it got bigger, it swelled and then I had to sit down for a few hours. But that 24 hours from that ankle twisting and looking the way that it did, 24 hours later, I was on my ankle. Why? Because I believe in what Jesus has done. It ain't nothing special. I'm not special. He's special. I don't have the power. He has the power that's in me. And so I'm learning how to pull it out. I'm learning how to walk in that power. And I'm not being passive about it. I'm learning to walk in this authority. Oh, that's so good. And we all can do it. But passivity, it, and I should have made that a key point because passivity is so dangerous. We have come so, it's like allergy season. I actually saw a uh, video that was like on Facebook, they had remade this allergy song or whatever. And people are just like, oh, it's allergy season. Let me go get the Allegra. Let me go get the Claritin and all this stuff. And I, you know, uh, Jeff knows about, I don't know, seven months ago or so. Jeff, I don't know if it was seven months ago, but he, had, he was on Allegra D. And I just so happened to pick up that box and I read and I saw some on there. I'm like, well, let me see what this is. And Allegra D, um, can actually, the reason why you have to show your ID to get it is because meth labs use it to make meth. There's something in it that is addictive. And I was like, oh, heck no. Oh, no. And yes, when you took it, it like cleared you up and it took away the head pressure. And all that. But I'm like, uh-uh. And I showed him that. And it that passivity that we used to live in, I was like, mm -mm, I ain't about to do this. You ain't about to catch us being addicted. Nope. So we, that, that's what I'm talking about is that tenacity. Like, uh-uh, you read something. I can't tell y'all what to do, but I don't know. It's like, if you read a medicine and they like, it's going to make you a zombie. You, yo, you better, you better have faith. Uh-uh, don't you, I, I can't tell you what to do. Let me just keep going. All right. Some key points as we close. Grace has made healing available to everyone, but you get access to healing by faith. So that is that is a key point. Grace is available. Uh, Grace has made healing available to everybody, everybody in Christ. But you only access that healing by faith in Christ. 
Okay. And then John 6 and 29. If you know me, you know, I love this. Love this. Let's turn here real quick. John 6 and 29 talks about how the work that we're supposed to do. John 6 and 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. That ye believe on him whom he has sent. So in the area of healing, our work is to believe that we already have it in Christ. Because believe on him who God has sent. Jesus. Jesus carried our healing. By his stripes, we are healed. So when we believe in him, that's the work that we need to do. And I went a little further and I'm like, and so we got, we also got to do the work to get rid of this unbelief. And how do you do that? That's just doing what the Bible tells us to do. Renew our minds with the word of God and be mindful of what we're uh, making ourselves access to. So I said it before, either TV show, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, he's going to be the one that tells you what you can and can't handle, what you should and shouldn't do. But don't put more emphasis on natural work to get healed than spiritual work. Work to believe. Work to believe. Yes, I believe in eating healthy. It has done wonders for me. That's great. I'm all for it. I will actually give y'all some tips if y'all need it. I have no problem with that. But what I do know is that you can eat healthy all you want to and all that stuff, but you can still have sickness. I do know that. You got to do the spiritual work. You have to believe. And what happens when you do it that way, when you put more emphasis on the spiritual work than you do the natural work, you're growing in the spirit. You're hearing God more. And God will tell you, he will let you know what you are supposed to be doing and what you're supposed to be eating and what you're not. He will let you know. And not only will he let you know, he will empower you to care about your temple. I promise you, I never thought that I would be the weight that I'm at. I didn't even think I had the ability. <laughs> it's like one of my high school friends said, like, I, she's like, I don't think I could ever be that size. And I'm like, actually, you can. Like, I thought that too. But the Holy Spirit, he, he does it. I mean, he will empower you to learn how to live healthy. He will do it if you do it his way. You work on believing and then do the natural or you can do them together but you got to put more emphasis on the natural a hard truth here if i can i can't see it hold on let me move my um we don't get what we do oh yeah i love this we don't get what we deserve we get what we believe if you believe that you should be sick you will be sick i mean really think about that Praise God, we don't get what we deserve, right? Thank you, Jesus. But we do get what we believe. And this is why God's word over and over and over again, as we saw tonight, is emphasizing having faith and believing. The work of God is to believe. We have to believe it. We have to believe it. Um, you cannot waver on the foundation that God's will is for you to be healed. You cannot waver on that. And I think I emphasize that enough. You can't be passive about it you can't even it cannot even be a question in your mind because if there is any little hole if you know anything about the, the enemy right he will he will take whatever little inch you give him to try to suggest the lie so know this as a truth that i know god wants me to be healed 
That has to be a foundation truth out of everything that we talked about tonight. And then I left a section on here for you to write a declaration. My declaration, I have many, I am healed, period. That's where those shirts came from. I'm healed, period. Uh, another declaration can be that I will walk in divine health. But these are things that you have to declare. You have to speak out of your mouth. And, and once you start doing that and we get into the laws of faith, and I think I'll be teaching that next week. I never try to tell y'all what I'm going to be teaching because I got to really get in my time with God and let him lead. Um, because tonight I will tell you somebody on this line is getting some is, is getting truth that and they chewing it up because I had to fight some mess this week. And actually, it was Tanya who said to me today, she said, girl, you about to do some serious teaching because the stuff that the enemy's trying to throw. I'm like, I know. Right. And I and, and yes, it's for me. I ain't gonna lie. This study is for me. But I do believe that it's for somebody. But. Um, write your declarations out. I'm going to make these notes available. Uh, like I said, we have the app, okay? And I am going to, I don't know, I'm like, it's ready. It's ready. So I could release it. I probably am going to release it on our Friday newsletter. And so you can, uh, the notes from last week are on there. The notes from this week, the notes from next week will be on there. Um, but study this. This is good. This is so good. And I, I, this teaching, it, it, um, it has changed my life. It has completely changed my life. Focus on that fig tree. Let it be, you know, when you pray, let it be the thing that kind of comes to your mind. I don't know if you draw, draw a picture of it just to remind you. And I emphasized it last week that it does take time. Sometimes we got to, I talked about how unbelief are weeds. Sometimes you got, you got so many weeds in your garden. And sometimes it just takes a lot of work to pull those, to pull those weeds out. And then the faith that you have can grow from there. 